0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, only about 13, 14 minutes long usually, but it's every day, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word at least for a short period of time. And that's vital for the strength of our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. It also helps keep us focused on a relationship with God and upon our spiritual well-being or lack thereof. Help people in your life gain that focus. Get them into these Bible studies every day. Share through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. You may help somebody turn their life around and ultimately get to heaven. A great blessing for them for sure, but also a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today we're going to get back into our line of thought and study. We're talking about Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of God's grace, the fulfillment of God's grace. Now, we read in Romans chapter, I'm sorry, John, the the gospel account according to John, chapter 1 and verse 17, these profound words, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. We looked at the first five verses of this particular first chapter of John's gospel account, and he talked about how in the beginning was the Word, and the Word there means Christ. Going down to verse 14, John identified what he meant by the, by the use of the Word. He says, "...became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth." Jesus came. Full of grace and truth. He brought the truth of the gospel message of forgiveness and salvation from the throne room in heaven. We still preach and teach that message, that truth today. It is man's hope for forgiveness, redemption, salvation, and eternal life. Jesus brought that. He brought, and, and it's by God's grace that He came and brought that message to us. John went on in verse 2 of chapter 1. He was in the beginning with the Word, speaking of Christ. All things were made. He was, beginning, he was in the beginning with God, I'm sorry. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. So Jesus was right there, God the Son, in the creation, taking part in that creation. Nothing was created without him. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus came as the light of the world. He came and brought the light of forgiveness and salvation through the gospel and through him as our savior. He came to die on the cross as the one time for all time, perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. Under the Old Testament law of Moses, God instructed, and even before the law was given to Moses, he instructed mankind to offer animal sacrifices as an atonement for the guilt of their sins, hopefully helping them to understand the seriousness of sin, that there had to be death, blood had to be shed to pay the price for the the guilt of their sin. But God was simply using those animal sacrifices as, well, something of an example of what had to be done ultimately. And that was that God already had in his mind the perfect sacrifice, the one-time-for-all-time sacrifice. Those people living in Old Testament days, they had to offer those animal sacrifices over and over and over again throughout their lives. But God would offer the most perfect the most all-sufficient sacrifice in the person of his son on the cross, Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus died, for our sins, for our guilt of sin. And so in verse 17 again, John wrote in John chapter 1, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And what did we read and refer to in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9, talking about God's sacrifice of his son on that cross for us? We see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels in that he came as man. For the suffering, for the suffering of death, he came to die for us, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. That's why Jesus came. He came as our savior, bringing the gospel message of salvation, the message of his death, his burial, his resurrection, and he went to that cross to fulfill that message. He died purposefully. In Hebrews chapter 7, and verse 27, speaking of Jesus, who does not need daily, as those high priests of Old Testament days, to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's, Jesus lived upon this earth in human form without sin, without sin. The Hebrews writer talks about that also in Hebrews chapter 4, while he was tempted like as we are in all points, yet he lived without sin. He never gave in to the temptations. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. So Jesus did not have to first offer a sacrifice for his own sins as the Old Testament priests in the Law of Moses did, because he was sinless. And he didn't need to offer himself over and over again on the cross as the people of Old Testament times had to do through their animal sacrifices over and over and over again. But Jesus was all-sufficient as the one-time-for-all-time sacrifice, for this he did once for all when he offered up himself. Jesus, coming as the Savior, going to the cross, dying thereon for our sin, guilt. That's the best, the most all-encompassing definition and description of God's grace. We did not have it coming. God sent him anyway. Now, when we read John chapter 1 and verse 17, and... There's some misunderstanding and misapplication on the part of a lot of people. When it says the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, some people say that there is no, no spiritual law anymore. Jesus brought law to an end. It's all God's grace now. Now, we can say that it's all God's grace, but at the same time, God has given us his New Testament law, his law through Christ, and that's part of his grace to help us understand where forgiveness is found, because there's still sin. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4, John the apostle wrote, by inspiration, by God's guidance, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. So here's the question. If Jesus brought law to an end, then how can there be any sin? And yet we read the reality, the definite statements about all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3 and verse 23. We read that over and over again in different reference points. And why would there need to be a definition of sin here as being lawlessness? sin being lawlessness, and whoever commits sin, how could we commit sin if there is no law? 1 John 3 and verse 4. Obviously, there is law. We go back to Romans again, Paul's letter to the Romans. We look at chapter 3 and verse 20. What does that say? Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh shall be justified, in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Did you get that now? By the law is the knowledge of sin. There's a principle laid out there. Romans 5 and verse 13, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. So sin is not imputed when there is no law. Romans chapter 7, verse 8, But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire, for apart from the law, sin was dead. When God told Adam in the very beginning, Genesis 2 and verse 17, there's this tree in the garden that I prepared for you, and I want you to stay away from that one tree. You can eat of all the fruit of the rest of the trees in the garden, but that one tree, that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You don't eat of the fruit of that tree. In fact, you stay away from that tree. Don't touch it, for in the day that you eat of it, you're going to die. Now, what did Adam do? And his wife, they ate the fruit of that tree. When they ate the fruit of that tree, God said, this place is no longer a place for you. This is not your home anymore. He expelled them from the garden, and in the garden was the tree of life also. And as long as they ate the fruit of that tree, they would live forever. But now they had no access to it, not to that physical tree and that physical garden, because they broke God's law of sin when they ate the fruit of that forbidden tree the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God had already established, laid down for them a spiritual law, and they broke it, and now they needed a Savior. So what does Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 say? God already knew what they were going to do. He already knew that they were going to need a way out of the guilt of their sin. They were going to need a Savior, and God already had the plan in mind. Genesis 3 and verse 15, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and his seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall, and you shall bruise his heel. That's the first messianic prophecy. In those words, God was prophesying he was going to send, send his son into this world as the Savior. Now, the devil was still going to have some effect on Jesus, But Jesus would ultimately bring the crushing blow to the head of the the devil. That's God's grace. He knew man was going to sin before he ever created man. He created man in his own likeness, Genesis 1 and verses 26 and 27. Knowing ahead of time that man was going to turn his back on God through sin. And God could have said, what? Forget the plan. I'm not going to create them. I know what they're going to do. But instead, in his great love for mankind, he already had the plan in mind for the Savior to save us from our sins if we will come to him through Jesus Christ, our Savior, by God's grace. God's grace. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ the fulfillment of God's grace. We'll go a little further next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for your grace exhibited through sending your son into this world with the gospel and going to the cross to die for us. Help us to live for you, Father, and in him. Please be merciful with us Please, Father, forgive us, and to you be the glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.